It is 4 p.m. and welcome. I'm Lee Smith and this is the Lee Smith Show, which I acknowledge is a pretty beat name for a show. But um, but today's guest, today's live guest is anything but beat. This is just great. I've just been rereading some of um, Sam Finley, Finley's articles this morning and they're just fantastic. And I'm going to introduce Sam in, in just one second, but I just want to read from the conclusion of his review of uh, Top Gun. There's a couple other pieces I want to uh, read from, and I should have asked Sam beforehand if he didn't, if he didn't, if he doesn't mind. Uh, um, I, 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 I hope you won't get, uh, um, you won't get embarrassed or anything like that. And I'll read them as well as I can. So let me just read the last two paragraphs here from Sam's, I believe it's Sam's most recent piece from I am 1776, which I'm a huge fan of. Top Gun Maverick feels like it comes from some alternative time timeline where none of that happened, referring to what's been going on the last 30 years. It remains faithful to the sentiment of the original, honoring that spirit and respecting the legacy characters while introducing new ones and acknowledging the passing of time. For its detractors to see an unashamed, patriotic, red-blooded, white American man bravely rallying others to meet a threat to his country and prevail against impossible odds in the current year must be like presenting a crucifix to a vampire. Even worse for them is that the characters and the people who play them all seem so unselfconscious and bring with them an air of vitality and positivity. These are dynamic, capable, healthy, good-looking people working together as a team, taking risks, having fun, raising hell, and getting hard stuff done. This is the America the world fell in love with, an America that could seduce, reach within, and show a vision of some aspect of itself in a song or an image, a book or a movie, and inspire generations. The Top Gun movies are a love letter to that country. If you'd like to take a break from all the craziness and treat yourself to an old-fashioned and lighthearted adventure movie made by people who don't hate you and love America, what it was, is, and could be, then this movie is for you, for its kind might be truly headed for extinction. Sam, I, I, I mean, as with all your work, I, 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 I'd love to be able to quote from it all day, but mostly I want to hear from you this afternoon. That's just phenomenal. And um, so I want to ask you, I mean... Is is that is that uh, America that we have, that picture of America they have, is that nostalgia, or what are the what are the chances that that is the America that could be again? Oh uh, well, first, uh, just let me say uh, what an honor it is uh, to be to be able to get to sit and visit with you like this. I I'm a great admirer that's of your nice. work, so that's that's that, that, very that's tall praise, and I'm thank you. Um, I I guess uh, to that question, um, I I, I think maybe it's a little bit of both. Um, I mean, it's Hmm. clearly nostalgia. Um, Mm -hmm. I I, I remember seeing the first one in the theater um, and and that Mm -hmm. and growing up uh, playing playing Top Gun on the Nintendo. And and it was it was always in the background. It's just one of those Uh pop culture artifacts from the 80s. Um, Mm -hmm. And and it's it's kind of fun to go back to that. Um, But it's especially in, in. this time in which we live, I remember going into the theater and kind of wincing almost in self-defense mm-hmm. of wondering like, all right, where's it going to hurt? You know, like, how yeah. are they going to mess with me through this? And, yeah. and, and they didn't. And, and like, that was just so refreshing. Um, and, yeah. and, and yeah. the fact that it's done so well uh, all around the world, um, you know, repeat viewings and stuff. I, and I, I think 
there's yeah. there's a hunger for that um, of, of people who are just tired of that and it's this sort of remnant that remembers that america or yeah. or young people who weren't even born who who see it and that that the, the images the feeling that it evokes resonate right. I mean, it, it's just a popcorn movie but it's there's a sentiment yeah. there um and I, I think there's there's traction there um and yeah. i think anything could happen with that huh. I don't know if, if i, I, I mean, dodge the it, question but it, no that no, made no, sense. no not at all it, it's interesting you mentioned that how no it, it does make sense i not, one of the things that i've noticed is how well the movie is doing around the world Right, like I think it's already hit a billion, or it's about to uh, about to earn a billion dollars. And so, does that mean that the rest of the world misses, or parts of the rest of that world miss that America too? I think a lot of people do. Um, and I, just based on yeah. my own personal anecdotes, um, I, uh, I I'm, I'm a Gen Xer, so I, I my whole life has been marked by mm-hmm. you know, this sort of culture war stuff that's just been playing out. Um, and and you you yeah. you kind of and it almost makes it difficult to watch patriotic movies like Top Gun because there's a sense of you know like this is jingoistic or this is just sort of one sided and it's not really like that and just you you have these sensibilities that have already been almost programmed into you um, and so I I got out of the army around 2005 and I I did some traveling and I. Mm-hmm. Would automatically just sort of feel like I'm the ugly American because this is you know the Bush era and war on terror and I'm the bad guy. I get it, whatever. Um, and I remember sitting on this sitting on this train in India and talking with this uh-huh. guy who was wow. a photographer. He was, he was going to meet his wife, and we were just talking, uh-huh. you know, our backgrounds and stuff. And he, uh, it, I told him, you know, I just got out of the army. And he said, "Well, I just," hmm. and he might have been just placating my ego, but he said, "You know, hmm. I love Americans. I don't trust their government." though <laughs> you know, i don't like their government yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or I, I would i went into a, a restaurant there and it was all cowboyed out um and yeah. they had saddles <laughs> on the bar and i'm in like new delhi in yeah. india and like i'm sitting on a saddle and everybody looks like they work on the ponderosa <laughs> and they're playing the gambler and in, in indian and and it's like there's this sort of there's a love of america like the cool america um right and and i think I think people just like that stuff. Um, somebody had posted on Twitter uh, images of, of people who, after the fall of the Soviet Union, they were lining mm. up over jeans and Coca-Cola. And, right. like there's, and you could say that's pop culture kitsch, and maybe it is, but it's, it's an image of something. You know, like there's a, right. It's a portal to a kind of world you'd kind of like to live in, or it's just right. cool. The um, well, so look when he said in two thousand five, and I, I want to come back to this and go into this in a little more detail. Your service in, in Bosnia and and, uh, and then Afghanistan, but when he said in two thousand five, he said, "Yeah, I love Americans, but I don't really love your government." What was your response then? Because <clears throat> I want to come up to the present, where a lot of your writing, your 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 piece on Ukraine, um, your piece on Requiem for the Stand where you are extremely distrustful, rightly so, of what the American government has done, both, uh, and I think most, most importantly, what it's done to Americans at home. So yeah, but what was your response in 2004 when he said, I don't really trust your government? Were you pretty sympathetic to his position at that time? Oh, I laughed out loud because <laughs> I, I mean, I'm from I'm from Oklahoma, so we're already kind of yeah. half outlaw. Um, and growing up, you had things like uh, you know the the the, the massacre in Waco, um, right. and uh, you had all these sort of things like that where it, it just there was something about it that was unsettling. 
um, you know, that, that your government's participating in things in certain ways. And that's to say nothing of all these weird little interventions and, and lies and, and betrayals right. of the public trust. So you kind of get that. And it, there's also this it seems like every year there's some new new, new bureaucracy uh, that, that hamstrings the freedoms you want um, right. while imposing a bunch of other things on you. You don't. And uh, having a, me and my, a buddy of, of mine uh, from who is from Kentucky, he's one of my army buddies, mm-hmm. we were you know talking and drinking one night. And he said those very words. So so when some guy you know, from some photographer mm-hmm. in India on the train says that the same thing is like some guy from rural Kentucky. I, I just couldn't <laughs> help but laugh at that. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, did he say that when you started laughing, you said, well, I don't understand. So you're distrustful of your government yet your government is waging these foreign wars and you volunteered to serve a government that that you yourself and many of your army buddies distrusted what was your yeah or let's just say now how do you put that together because it seems like that's what a lot of your work is about which is yeah which is phenomenal but you're talking about like look we believe americans believe in our country and and this ruling class this elite has betrayed our our trust and the country. Is that something that? Yeah, I mean, that seems like that's one of your that's your central subject. Yeah, uh, as as far as this guy goes, um, I, I I think, and I think with a lot of people, there's a there's a respect for fighting people, and um, you know whether you agree with them or not, I, I think there's generally a respect. And mm-hmm. again, he may not have liked it, and I and I there's a lot I didn't like either. Um, but no. there's generally respect, like understanding that these people swore an oath, they're 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 taking orders, and it's not them; it's the people giving them orders. Um, you know, and we're stuck together on a train, so he's not he's he's probably not going to get too much on his hind legs and and come after me and you know. But, right. so, yeah, but but I mean, I, I I'm it seems like that's I don't know. Well, when did that was it? Did that really crystallize in Afghanistan and in Bosnia? Your sense of like, what is our government doing with what is our government doing with then to these people who have invested their faith in a cause that our government believes is worth fighting for, and yet they're and yet they are turning on us. I, I would say it, it, it wasn't so much like a binary thing where it's just a, a flitch a switch gets flipped one day. It's it's a thing that just sort of built over time. Um, I, I remembered uh, whenever I enlisted, it, it's kind of funny, actually, um, or at least it, it's funny to me. I, I I went into my mom's room, uh, you know, she was she'd had an accident. So she's you know, she's all she's bedridden at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I went in and I said, Mom, I, uh-huh. I need to tell you something. And she said and she gets mm-hmm. she's nervous because she's a parent. And I said, you know, Mom, I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to enlist. Yeah. And and she hits me. Hmm. I, I, I was not expecting that. My mom's a real gentle person. She hits me. She grabs a pillow and hits me with it. And she gets real mad. She's like, I would have rather you have got a girl pregnant. Like, because that's what she thought I was going to say, that I got some girl pregnant. Because this is, this is back in 2000, and it's the Bill Clinton presidency. And there's yeah. been – you. Know, they grew up with Vietnam going on in the background, and they knew friends who died. And then there right. were all these – you had Somalia mm-hmm. and all these things that were just kind of – they were elsewhere right. and they were murky and people died and it wasn't really understood what in the world's going on. Um, and they're like, you're going to go volunteer and put yourself in that? Why, you know, what are you thinking? And, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and I did, I, and I enlisted. And then, that's, and then when 9-11 happened, um, there's this sense mm-hmm. that like, well, you know, again, this could be World War III. 
and, and you know, we're here. So let's, right. you know, whatever has happened in the past, like we're here now and we need to play this thing out. Um, but over time, there'd be things that would come up. Um, for instance, once we redeployed from, from Bosnia and we were, we were refitting and getting new guys in, old, old guys were leaving and we're getting ready to go to, to Afghanistan. Um, and um, it, at one point uh, it came up, there was a rumor going around that someone had, had, that we had found Saddam Hussein and had killed him. Mm-hmm. And and we weren't quite sure. Nobody was sure what was whether that was true or not. Um, but a, a buddy of mine had said, you know, if we we just killed a, a leader of a foreign country, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, mm-hmm. And this guy was a hard charger, like knuckle dragon infantry guy who you know, get drunk and huh. beat people up on the weekends. And and even he was like, this is something seems wrong. Um, Interesting. Oh. But you you still you know you you still have to you're still in this machine and and you still have to do the work um, and you. You know, you have this oath and you're bound to these people. And, and if you ignore that, then life's going to get really bad for you. Um, and so it's, it's almost better to just kind of play it out. And cause if you don't, then someone else is going to take your spot and they could get killed. Right. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's a weird sort of place with where you have these competing loyalties and, and the best thing that you can do is just to try to do your job. Um, but, but even then there's problems with that, but uh, that's a whole other thing maybe. Right. Well, can we can we talk about Afghanistan for a second? So you had mentioned before when we'd spoken before that, um, you know, that you were that you'd enlisted, you were in Bosnia. And um, I mean, what was what was your sense when you were were deployed to Afghanistan? Uh, it was like a different world. Um, it, hmm. it was, in some ways, it was like you you, you grow up in Sunday school and, and you have these you, this this way that you imagine you know, the the holy land or whatever, and suddenly you see these guys and you know beards and and, and turbans and but then they've got technology like cell phones and AK forty sevens and it's like right. it's this kaleidoscope of just oddness. Um, it, it is it's so wild. Um, but there was you know this the sense that um, and then we were about the third rotation in, so it was still kind of fresh, um, mm-hmm. and. It, you just really weren't sure what the next day would bring. And like within two weeks. Like, well, oh, go ahead. About what year was that? Was that 2002 then or? Uh, three. I think it was uh, the uh-huh. fall okay. of 2003, as I recall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like August, September, maybe late summer. Uh, and you yeah, um, didn't really so know. I, so I, if I can, I, I, I just wanted to read something. I want to zoom ahead in Afghanistan. I'm sorry for, 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 Moving all over the place from, from. Uh, oh, it's your show! It's your show, dude. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just along for the ride. It's, However you want to do. It. It's it's your, <laughs> it's your work. We're talking about though, so I want to make sure it's okay with you. So yeah, have yeah, at it. This is, this is from I am seventeen seventy six, and this is shortly before the withdrawal, I believe, and this is you writing. Uh, already, the talking heads have begun likening the tally the Taliban any likening to the Taliban any here among us who would oppose them and the policies they promote. They must deflect. They must craft the story to fit their objectives. The failure of Globo Homo in the graveyard of empires shift fire back to the proles. How dare the Kulaks dissent? How dare we challenge the authority of the credentialed? classes and their masters how dare we cling to such provincial loyalties as to god or family or country they could permit such outdated notions so long as they served as leverage for goading us into hurling ourselves at distant strangers 
but when it entails cultivating our interest within our own borders, it cannot be born. Wow. I mean, so uh, that's fantastic. Thank you. When did that happen? Or was that something that was always going on and it's something that started to reveal itself to you in Afghanistan? And over the last 15 years, it's become more and more obvious. Yeah, I would say the the latter. Uh, just over the course of being out and, and seeing that this thing doesn't really come to an end. Or uh, I, I'd mentioned growing up and you know being in the '90s with uh, you know Waco yeah. and stuff. You, you had you had PatCon um, that that came came vague during the Clinton administration, and um, where they're mm-hmm. pretty much target, they'd make this sort of bugaboo of, of right wing militias and right. basically you know, b- begin to lay the groundwork for for attacking people who who dissent from this you know emerging globalist paradigm that was that was taking shape. And it's like the seeds were already there, um, but it just this this machine that that comes right. alive during the war on terror just kept going and kept expanding. Um, and then later on, um, after I got out, um, I I remember I, I went back to college because I, I wanted to, mm-hmm. to, even though you know this this thing isn't perfect, at least it's it's a semblance of order, and maybe I could serve it in some way. And so I, I wanted to go back mm-hmm. to college, and and mm-hmm. I'm reading these these theories that, that are written by these people. And, and you realize that th- these people don't think as we do and they don't hold the same values. Um, and mm. while I was going through that, I, my unit, um, they, they had an, uh, what was an officer's club that then they opened up to the NCOs and toward now it's, it's pretty much anybody mm. in the, unit and it's a fraternal organization. And they, uh, mm. they invited me and some of the, the other GWAT guys, and uh, we came out, and and this one of the guys who was, I guess, the president of it, he was giving a speech, and he closed it with uh, with God and country. And I remember uh, getting kind of mad about that because here I've been spending the past like year or two reading the work of, of, of you know, these international studies people, and, it, and it's basically rot gut globalism, mm-hmm. and and these are the people who shape policy. Right. And I'm thinking, nobody on the other side of this oath cares about. Mm. God, let alone countries like that just doesn't factor into it. These are outdated social technologies that just have no place in the world. Um, But they know that people, you know, people like us who still, you know, for whom those those sort of thing still matters, um, uh, you know, who will see, you know, movies or whatever that, that, you know, like we were talking about with Top Gun, that's patriotic and it has those sentiments. Like we, we think of the military as, as an expression of that when, the, a sad thing is that, is that the military is in service to policy and, and the policies made by you know, these patronage networks and none of them have our interests at heart. And that's, that's a really murky place. Um, yeah. And that's where we're at. I think. It is really bizarre. The idea that, I mean, the, you know, it's the point, it's the point you make in the, um, in your Afghanistan piece saying that, yeah, they're just, they were just using this stuff to goad our, you know, to goad us into these things. And this is actually where our loyalties are, but these people don't believe these things themselves. I mean, how, how uh, that seems like um, a recipe for disaster and it appears in many ways that's where we are right now. Oh, hello? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just want to make sure that you can hear me. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I'm sure. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, in the news, we keep seeing how the, you know, how the, all the services are having trouble to recruit and also all sorts of different explanations are being offered for, 
for why this is. From your perspective, why are they having trouble uh, attracting attracting people like you, uh, people who do uh, who do honor their country, who believe in their country, who believe in God? Are, are people saying, yeah, we think the military doesn't really believe it anymore. Our government doesn't believe it anymore. This is garbage. Well, it's your, you think of who your commander in chief is going to be. I mean, like, like right. with Joe Biden. And I, I'm, not a, I'm not really a man of the left. Um, but if I were, I, like, I, I wonder what if they sincerely believe that this guy is, is, is not a corrupt, senile grifter. Um, like, like, how do you? Right. That seems, it seems right. so bizarre that this is. Oh, I, oh, I think, I, I think that's um, exactly it. Yeah, I think that's his purpose. I, th- I think everyone knew what they were getting. That's what, that's what <laughs> everyone in that everyone in that faction, you know, they knew what they were getting. Oh, that's why I think he won. I think that's why Obama chose him as vice president. Hey, here's a guy who's not going to look over my shoulder when I do all sorts of stuff I probably shouldn't be doing. Yeah. It's it's like at least like for for, for I, I joined the combat arms. That was that was what I wanted to be in. I wanted to be an mm-hmm. infantry soldier. Right. Um, and I, I would think of of now. Um, you know, now that we've we've gone through this twenty year war on terror, and and we're we ha- these people are poised to try to start World War Three almost uh, over what mm-hmm. like there's some real uh, the, the, these nebulous sort of activities going on in Ukraine. Um, rather than trying to to use their position to try to bring some sort of a peace. Instead, they're risking some crazy right. war. <laughs> and like, that's, that's not a fight I would want um, personally. Right. Um, and, and so I, I understand why people wouldn't want to. Um, also, there's just this sense by now, it's almost like a jobs works program. It, it's not really about fighting. Huh. There's a, there's a, in fact, you can look at the, the commercials. There was one I'd, I'd revisited. Um, there was, it's called, uh, I think, My Hometown. I think you could find it on YouTube. But it was an army commercial mm-hmm. from like 25 years ago. And I remembered in my in my packet that the recruiter gave me, there was this videotape. And like, for <laughs> I'm thinking like there's probably some of your listeners that don't know what videotape is, which makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah. and, but, wow. It's basically like you, that, yeah. That, that never struck me, but you're right, videotape. Yeah. Wow. I think about stuff yeah, like, like phone booths. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah like, you're right. Even videotape. Oh my goodness! Yeah, right. it's like it, it's like a, a small bit of YouTube, but made out of plastic that you <laughs> you'd play on your TV. Um, but yeah, there was this could, uh, there, right something you could pick up and hold. <laughs> yeah, you, there was this commercial, and it was called My Hometown, and and it's and it's it's these guys, and they're doing army stuff, and they're coming in at night, or they're on helicopters, and they're in mud, being miserable, or they're running and shooting, and there's this. This patriotic song about my hometown's not like mm. this, and freedom isn't free, and it's mm. and it's it's it plays to this sort of like old fashioned, you know, John Mellencamp small town kind of America, and like they don't make that yeah, sort of right. stuff anymore because that because those things aren't to the extent those things even still exist, they're not esteemed. Instead, it's mm. I think the Navy had a slogan a few years back: it's a global force for good. Um, or uh, I noticed, yeah, I think it was right. a recruiter van for the for the arm or the Air Force of just uh, you, know, you know be a you, you be something good, and it was this sort of touchy feely kind of almost HR kind of verbiage, and it, it's not appealing to fighters right. or, or why men fight, um, and and that's I think telling of some other things, um, but mm-hmm. it's it, it doesn't surprise me given kind of where we're at now. 
what are these what are these young men young men in particular and in particular white young men um what are they what are they going to do if they're not enlisting if they don't want if they distrust their government this particular admit perhaps this particular administration what are they doing now i mean this this always strikes me it's like these are the these are the most important energies of our country i mean of course the energies of young men are the most important part of any country right they need to be channeled in the proper direction because if you don't if they're not you're looking at something like um the palestinians right just utter chaos and 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 suicide bombers right and if they're channeled correctly by elder by wise by their wise elders and by women uh mothers wives girlfriends and sisters and those are very productive societies so where will these energies go now you think I think a lot of it. I think all too much of it is is sort of being dissipated or or being kind mm. of twisted up to where guys are falling through the cracks. Huh. Um, I think, uh, and I think right now though we're seeing a lot of guys who are kind of struggling and fumbling around and trying to find ways to to live it out at least without the premature the imprimatur of, of the military. And you see right. this with the popularization of things like you, you know of bodybuilding or. Um, you know, this interest in fitness mm. or, or guys getting into MMA um, or, right. or shooting. And there's all these sort of masculine pursuits that mm. weren't, that I don't recall there being 20, 25 years ago. And I think mm. um, to kind of maybe to chase a rabbit for a bit. Um, there's a, there's a security guy who, whose opinion I really admire, uh, Martin Van Krebel. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he, he's written a couple of books for you know, the Marine Corps commandants reading list and the like. Um, and one of the, the arguments that he makes is that we're witnessing the end of the post of the, the post Westphalian world and um, that, that mm-hmm. the nation state itself is, is, is eroding and, and people are no, no longer rooting their identity in, in the nation state. Um, and, you know, we know our, our leaders don't really think in those terms anymore. And I think people right. have kind of subtly picked up on those cues to where you're thinking like, all right, well, if I want to fight, I don't need to have uncle Sam's permission. I can just go join a club. Um, I can, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I can get YouTube videos and just get a box, uh, get a punching bag and go into my garage. Um, I, mm-hmm. I can figure it out on my own. And I think right now we're witnessing that guys figuring it out on their own or, or trying to. Um, but again, like as you say, that's kind of a scary thing, um, because they've they've been just sort of left adrift. Right. Uh, I'm, I, I mean, yeah, I. I'm not sure if I think it's scary. I think if, if those energies are, are not channeled properly, I think that can be scary because I mean, because society needs those energies and they need those energies Absolutely. directed in the right place. And um, I don't know, lots of times I really think the future of the country depends on how, on how we all figure out how to direct, how to direct the, the energies of young men. I mean, I mean, I mean, there, there are people around the country who, who still who still cherish the United States? Who who believe in their communities? Who want to have? Who want to raise families? Who love their mothers and and fathers? Who who love their brothers and sisters? And, and yeah, I, I I just think that it, it, there has to be something out there, a way for us to figure out how to direct those energies for the good of America, especially the way you put it. And, and so much of your work, it's like when our leaders are against us, our leaders are looking to destroy these energies. People will be punished for having these um, these attachments, these loves and affections. 
These people are now dis- not just deplorable, they're disposable. No, that's where I was. I said, that's, that, that, yeah. if you're saying that this is how, uh, this is how the government is, uh, it's not just the government, it's the, the ruling class, right? And you, you talk about the press often enough. If this is how these people are being treated, then what are the, what are the different ways that, you know, what are the different ways that we, I mean, look, I mean, your, your piece in Afghanistan is great because it's really like a, it's really like calling people to attention saying, this is ridiculous, the way they're treating us. This is what happened in Afghanistan. The, the people that we fought, the Taliban, they stuck, up for their, they stuck up for themselves. They stuck up for their home, and so are we. I'm not, I'm, I'm not of course, I'm not saying that, you know, you're talking about, uh, you right. know, you're talking about waging, you know, waging combat <laughs> yeah. against the regime. I'm just saying, what are the, you know, what, what, what are the different ways? What are the different ways to continue to, you know, to give people direction, to give people something that you said yesterday, which stuck with me when we were speaking yesterday, that stuck with me all day. Oh no, it was the day before. Just saying, the most important thing that you can do is is the most important thing that leaders do is not take life but give life. Which yeah, I, I, younger. That, yeah, yeah it's really moving. So, what are the different ways that, that yeah that the the leaders that the leaders in this country, like you and your writing and in your speaking. What are the different ways that leaders can give life to other to Americans who are looking at for it? I mean, you 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 led men in combat. What are the different ways that we can you know lead people now? Oh, oh good lord! Uh, if I'm if I'm leading, y'all are in trouble. Um, I I, 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 I had a fire team, and that was years true. ago. But that's not true. I'm just a guy throwing words here, um, and I. I we, I, I think that's, and I don't want to, I don't want to dodge the the, the yeah. question because this is a serious one, but it's one that, be, because you know all of the institutions are, are pretty much against this stuff. Um, yeah, we're, we kind of have to do it ourselves, um, yeah. and and I when I say we, I mean like everybody. Um, you you instead of maybe thinking in terms of just like these big you know national things, we instead have to look around in our own lives and like what what can mm. I fix. And what can I make better? How do I make myself better? Um, there's um to kind of swing back to uh, you know, you know, th- this problem of these masculine energies. Um, there's a there's an article I would I would encourage people to check out. Um, and it's mm-hmm. it, I, I'm 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 shilling relentlessly for this thing I hate. Um, it's from the Small Wars <laughs> Journal, and and, uh-huh. and it's you know, this isn't you know tinfoil hat. This is the Small Wars Journal. It's mm-hmm. you know there are people who are in the military you know who make policy respect it. Um, there's an article called changing the macho culture of the u.s military and it's Hmm. from a a few years back it's written by an anonymous author Hmm. and and it's this guy describing of this this mandate that that's that's this cultural mandate that's come down and it's this sort of this sort of species of i want to say marxism but it's this sense of like Hmm. why isn't there utopia and it's because of men uh you know men 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 enjoy this 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 position of privilege in society and this has to be, we have to create, we have to create the sort of conditions where it can, it's no longer possible for men to be the way they they've been traditionally. And this means, you know, cutting into this privilege any way possible, whether it's hyping rape statistics or allowing women in combat arms. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and it's now deemed wrong for there to be male spaces. If there's a male space, it's inherently sexist, and therefore women have to get into it. Right. However, it's perfectly right. acceptable for women to have spaces because they've been disprivileged. Um, and right. and this this you know going 
kind of to touch on this this trans issue. I mean, there's this sense like we can't deal with sexual dimorphism anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we can't handle that they're men and women and that they have different natures and you have to address that. And and right. if your leaders are that messed up, I, I'm not waiting for really, something from them. That's a really interesting um, way to put it. I never thought about it like that, but it's a really interesting way to put it. You're right. In a sense, it's just like, oh, well, forget it. We can't deal with the fact that men or women are, are, are different. So we're just going to make every word. So we're just going to make, that's what, it, that's what non-binary means, I guess, when you get down to it. <laughs> yeah. these, these different phrases, it's just meant to eliminate actual difference. Right. Yeah. But what's but, your, but as far as what, you... what's your actual experience? Yeah. Oh, oh in, I was in, just saying, in, what's in your actual part. experience of that? Both. Oh, uh, what's your actual experience of that in both in the service and then in real life? You know, yeah. the, the difference between men and women. I mean, there is there's there's a genuine difference. Oh, oh good lord! I I I, I, I can't it, believe I can't believe we're at, we're at this point in America where it's like, don't you agree, Sam, that there really is a difference between men and women? Right? It's so obvious and so preposterous, yeah. but apparently we have to keep driving this home again and again. Yeah. Well, and, and it's it's weird. Um, it, my my. For the infantry, at least it was, you know, it, it's an, it was at least whenever I was in, uh, it was an all male endeavor. So women, you, you might go weeks, maybe months without talking to a woman. Um, uh-huh. My brother, though, was in the Navy and he was on a carrier mm-hmm. and it was co-ed. And the, some uh-huh. of the stuff he described, it was weird. And that, you know, because you have the you know, male and men and women, you would you would have this this, uh, this this thing he described as the lesbian mafia and, and, and trying to like <laughs> counter this male sexual energy these women would right. bind up together and they would you know tend to one another to kind of put it pc um right. and <laughs> and it became this weird sort of click within itself right. um and and they they exerted a you know, measure of control throughout the ship and um, but even then there would be girls who would slip out of wow. that group and hook up with you know some hot some hot chad or whatever or that's to say nothing of pregnancies uh. and it's, it's it doesn't ever really make it out of the boat it doesn't really get talked about in official policy making because it, you have to recognize that well then this whole experiment's really a mess um and uh. that's just how that is um and that's to say nothing of just what happens wow when violence, that's yeah we, we just whenever violence like there, there's whenever you get men and women in a situation where there's violence at hand, there's going to be sex. Right. That, that's just there's there's just an animal yeah. component that that comes out, and and all of the the, the high tone policies just evaporate like a puddle in the sun when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, and until <laughs> wait, why is they that? can't deal with that? Why is that? That's interesting. Uh. And well, it's. Uh, let me see. Uh, as an example, um, there's a, a a guy I know yeah. who uh, recently enlisted, and he's in he uh, he got well, excuse me he recently got out, and I think he was a mm-hmm. scout, a cav scout, um, and they recently started incorporating uh, female I think platoon leaders, officers, mm-hmm. and one of them was utter. Would be with her, her for this scene. Right. Sorry, my question was about like why, 
yeah why is there why is there violence why does violence necessarily when both men and women are under violence it will lead to sex invariably well there's a there's a kind of to go back to, to something van Creveld had said uh, he and i got to correspond with each other which hmm. was really cool um i oh, sent, a, sent him uh. a copy of my book and he sent me a copy of his called uh pussy cats why the hmm. why the rest keep beating the west and what can be done about it which i thought was really great um but one of the things he says uh. in, he said in our correspondence is men like to fight and women like fighters hmm. and i think that's true hmm. And you, you, yeah. there's a, and a, there's a buddy of mine who, uh, named James LaFon who, who lived in Baltimore and he's a, he's a mm-hmm. fellow writer and he's an interesting guy in mm-hmm. and of himself. Um, but he, he said that, you know, there's this trick that promoters would like to do whenever they really wanted there to be blood in a match, they'd get, uh, they'd get the hottest ring girl they could, you know, to just yeah, make, you know, <laughs> go around with the card or whatever. And just the fact that a, a hot woman's eyes were on them uh, would just amp up the voltage on their ferocity. And likewise, like with women, like if, if a woman sees a dude uh, beat another dude up, that that's going to resonate with her. Um, and it's just, it's, this is just like right. weird primal stuff. Um, and that's, or, uh, if, or to put it a different way. I mean, you look at like the groupie phenomenon and, um, you know, these are guys who are, you know, uh, putting themselves out there, um, you know, taking risks or whatever. And like, that's attractive to, to women. Um, and I think that's uh, a, maybe a part of why girls tend are, are starting to gravitate towards the service or fighting or whatever. Cause it's, it's like this sort of sublimated impulse of we're like, right. that's where these are like violent high status guys competing. And it's like, it's one thing to go watch it. It's another thing to get in the ring with them. And, and I, I right. we're not, we're not able to make, <laughs> right. they're not, I think the people who ultimately call the shots in our, in our, in our society aren't willing to, to contend with that yet. Um, well, so is this stuff going to break then? I mean, I want to talk about your novel also because this is this is sort of what your novel is about. It's how your how your novel how your novel opens uh, <laughs> with a uh, with a serviceman on leave, and he walks into a strip club, strip joint, and falls in love with a young woman, and uh, it's great. It's, but I mean, but that's what's happening. But I guess so. I guess what's going to happen is will but. Is all this stuff going to break? Because you can't, because as it turns out, biology and reality and culture are just too powerful. So as much as you want to push different political agendas, that finally these political agendas won't work because human beings are 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 different for, are are not are not agendas. I I think it I think it absolutely will. Um, and the, like the what was it Horace had said, uh, you can drive out nature with a pitchfork mm. and yet she will return. Um, and I, I think we're yeah. we're witnessing that. I mean, you see, like with the pushback against trans, um, there's like right. a visceral sort of thing that that elicits, um, and you know, or you see like with Roe versus Wade, yeah. and and that's something I I grew up where that was already in the background. Right. That was a settled issue, um, and suddenly the unborn or or questions of like, well, what mm. what is what is sex even for, um, are are suddenly right. becoming important again. Um, and I, I think you know, this mm. this didn't happen overnight, and it's not going to it's not going right. to write itself over overnight to the extent it ever really gets righted. I mean, that's why they call it the Battle of Texas. Right. Um, but I, right. I think right now we're 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 cobbling together, <laughs> struggling to try to find a way to get to. Hello. Can you hear? I apologize. Uh, no, no problem. No problem. It was a, it was a, a a poignant, meaningful break and, and, and built up more expectation for the, for the remainder of the show. Yeah. Okay. Great. I, 
Yes, thank you. Snazzy says he can hear us both now. Thank you, Snazzy. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, so we were we were talking about how how you think that, and, and I, I wanted to try to lead, I wanted to try to corner you with the uh, uh, with optimism and say, look, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's it, it, it's a struggle, but um, insofar as different things are starting to, insofar as things are starting to change, maybe. Maybe, maybe we have maybe we have a fighting chance here. Oh, I, I absolutely do. I I, I do think so. Um, and, and I, I I appreciate everybody hanging on through uh through the technical uh, mishaps. Well, that, that was all. No, part. no, it's great. Uh, people up. people love hearing what you're saying. And while you were away, I was suggesting or 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 recommending strongly everyone go and read your work. I do it right now. And I am seventeen seventy six. And also check out your excellent novel. Um, oh, I, yeah, I, so I appreciate that. Sure. So we, but you, you were saying, sorry, I interrupted you, and we were talking. No, about, I, just, uh, yeah. I, I think I think we have all sorts of reasons for hope. Um, yeah. You uh, you wrote that uh, that great article on Asabia. Asabia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I still yeah, I, I right, pronounced that thing probably fifty thousand times, and never the uh, right way. That's no. all right. Yeah, we talked. <laughs> we right. We talked about that a bit yeah. before, and and you said that you saw that happening in Afghanistan. And you feel yeah. it's the same with your with your folks where you are in Oklahoma. Yeah, well, it, and that 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 concept resonated a lot to me, and and uh, I wound up coming across uh, Strauss and Howe's book, The Fourth Turning. Mm -hmm. um, and have you have you ever read that one? I have not. No, I I, I know what you're referring to, but I, I have not okay. read it. It's they 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 drew from 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 Ib Khaldun's you know concept mm. of. of of Asabia as well as Toynbee and Stingo and all those guys. And the, for those that don't know that basically um, you have a kind of cyclical nature of, of history. Um, and, and in America, it plays out or about every 80, ballpark 80 years, sometimes more, sometimes mm -hmm. less, there's a systems change and crisis. And there generally ha happens to be about kind of four phases that this goes through. You'll have a, kind of a post-crisis boom, You'll have a some sort of a sort of social or spiritual struggle, uh, kind of youth rebellion, um, and then things unravel. And then after once they've unraveled to a certain point, you get a crisis again. Um, and this affects how the generations that are that are born in these various phases. Um, but I, I believe uh, that we are in a crisis period, and, and that we have yeah. been for a long time. Um, and one of the things that happens in these crisis periods is is it it starts it starts taking all of these these instincts of their pro-social, pro-survival. Hmm. I mean, you see gender norms um, you know, begin to start strengthening or right. um, sort of the mores and norms start revivifying and they become more kind of community and um, sort of individual. And, and just, we, we, have to, we have to prevail, we have to struggle, we have to, hmm. to overcome so that you know, the, the group survives or whatever. And, and I, I, I see evidence of that. Um, Hmm. It's it's a it's a fight right now. Um, like right. again with trans and you know with the abortion stuff and all these little social yeah. things. And but also you you see people taking interest in fitness, and yeah. um, or in uh, or in in how they live, and mm -hmm. um, you know in nutrition and things. And there's there's this sort of undercurrent of people who are trying to to live better, yeah. um, however however that means and however they define it. Right. Um, and so I think there's an attempt to try to work that out. Uh, to, to fix this to the extent we can. Um, and so I, I think there's, there's that. Well, I was, I was going to say, sorry for, for, for stepping in. I was going to say, I totally agree. And I think that one of the things that's happening 
or maybe I'm just projecting my own uh, my own beliefs. But look, the, the, uh, there is no redemption in politics. It's disgusting. And while I think it's important that you know that we have uh, that we have competent leadership, well, I think that's very important. As you were saying before, I think it's important for people to work on their on their families, on their communities, and on themselves because that's our source. Uh, that's any society source, and especially as Americans, this work. I mean, that that's our government. That's our system. We are, we are the thing. And so, yeah, I find I find that very important. What I wanted to ask is, so what what was the what sparked this crisis? Um, I I think different people will call it at different times. Uh, I've heard some mm-hmm. people. I think maybe. Uh, one of the one either Strauss or Howe say that it started with the, the financial crisis in 2008, and for mm-hmm. them this this crisis generally lasts about 20 years. And and these are again you know, this is you know that's just a model and real this is real life and real life is a lot messier. So it's you know the the, the 80 number or the you know, 20 years these are just sort of approximations. But right. um, for them or at least for one of them uh, 2008 that was when the mm-hmm. social mood changes as a result of the recession and you get the sort of the, the great awakening and, and all this stuff that's happened that's right. now playing out. I, I don't know if that's true or not. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's definitely a significant point. Um, but it, it, there does seem to be an acceleration coming from that. Um, because even before that, even you know, when you still had the, you know, the Bush presidency, there was a sense that right. things were still just sort of coasting along. Right. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I'd have to sit, really sit and think on that one. Um, but for me, it's just, I, 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 it feels like this is kind of a crisis. There's a, a guy who built off that model who's an MIT mathematician called John Zanakis. Uh, he did a, I think he had a book called Generational Dynamics. And he, he used this line where he said, it's, it's sort of like when you're in a crisis period, it's almost like this it has this almost instinctive, instinctive sort of ferocity, almost like lust that, that people just have to confront. Um, whereas you know, in other periods, people may be more willing to to, to compromise, and I think we're right. kind of there, where everything becomes something we absolutely have to fight about. Right. And 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 to kind of go back to the positive notes, um, I, I think as far as, as as positive positive avenues to fight, I, I think there's Mark uh, Granz has been been trying to to promote a debate about art and the importance yeah. of it, and a lot of people may look down on that as in terms of it's, it's impractical, but I think it's absolutely critical. And yeah. because if you would, if you would build the sort of world you want to live in, you have to give people a glimpse of it. Right. You, you, however that is. Um, and, and that's why I think, you know, we started talking about Top Gun and I don't think that would have done as well back in the nineties. And hmm. um, maybe even why? the early aughts. Um, really? just why? the food was different. And hmm. um, it was, it, Whereas now I think there's a little bit of a charge in the air, um, right. where people people kind of you kind of the, the, what's that line that if you don't go away how can I miss you? And like there's <laughs> it's, it's, it's easy to be real cynical and like look down on countries and nationhood and all that stuff, but right. wait till you see what happens when it's gone or when it's eroded, and and you you start thinking about well what what does matter to me, um, right. and what am I willing to do about it? And, and I think art can explore that stuff in a way that maybe is a little ahead of the curve on, in terms of politics. Um, um, I, 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 uh, I absolutely agree. And, and the, I think that Mark is going to join us next week. Um, then we had, you know, uh, with Alex last week, Alex Perez, who writes for 
1776. The, the, mag, the, the, the publication, the print publication is beautiful. Uh, anyone out there, if you're listening, I hope you will order it. It's really beautiful. And I, I think you're absolutely right about art because if you look at one of the things now, one of the tells is the, the imagery and the optics, right? The ugliness. Mm-hmm. Look at what look at what this regime has produced, the culture of what they produced, masks and trans, right? Th- yeah. These these are th- th- their defacements, their desecrations of the human form. It's it's really terrible. So I think you're right. You have to give people a picture of what it looks like. And that picture has to be beautiful. And we know what beauty looks like. You look at the power of meme culture. And, right. and, and granted, there's a there's a dark sort of transgressive nature to that, and that's just yeah. young people will rebel, and and I, I get that. And but a lot of the things that resonate the deepest have some underlying beauty or truth to them. Right. And you know, like look what they took from you, you know that kind of stuff. And yeah. that that hits people, especially young people who don't remember the kind of America that we had, right. and which wasn't perfect by any means. But there's at least a hope, or you know a coolness or, or an optimism or a kind of piss and vinegar that is really frowned upon. Um, right. And it's in order to kind of look into some other things. There's um, I know like Taylor Sheridan who did Sicario. Mm-hmm. He did a, mm. he did a Yellowstone in 1883. Uh, which oh, I, that's one of those oh, things I didn't I know heard it was about. the same person. I didn't know that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I, it, which it's kind of funny. He was this just, you know, kind of no name actor who then just writes huh. this you know, really great movie. And then he gets starts doing yeah. his own stuff. Um, but that is a I good never, movie. I really like that. Yeah. yeah um, he's he, he, some of the lines he uses. It's you wonder how he gets away with this. Cause it's just, yeah. you, you realize that you've been sort of eating junk food for a long time. Yeah. And it's like suddenly, wow! I, I'm I'm having to think and feel in ways that, right? Or like hell or high water. But um, but with uh, watching some of those, apparently they're wildly popular. Um, yeah. But you don't hear about them. Um, and so I, I, and they this resonates with with you know families or you know some of the social stuff, the social struggles and things going on nowadays in ways that. I'm not used to seeing, um, and, and the fact that, that people like him are trying, or uh, I know like Dallas Sunnier, who uh, did Bone Tomahawk, mm-hmm. he, he recently did a movie with uh, Daily Wire and Gina Carano, uh-huh. um, where they're trying to kind of do some outlaw cinema and, and, and kind of work outside the, of what Hollywood does, and, uh-huh. and this stuff, it, I won't say traditional, but I mean, at least it's, there's, there's an element of heroic, of, of, the, of the heroic trying to overcome obstacles and stuff, and, or, or dealing with things like patriotism or families or loyalties and or hard questions and that's that's encouraging i, I think yeah I, it's oh no it's, it's maybe it's not there yet but we're getting oh no no yeah. no i mean you know one of the things that alex was saying last week is we need the institutions like institutions are are, are important but but the most mm-hmm. vital thing is the talent the people who yeah. are writing stuff like what what you know what what you're writing sam so i gotta ask you do you are you working on another novel? Are you working on short stories? What are you What are you, What are you doing right now? Oh, uh, right if now. If you can uh, say, I don't mean to put. Oh, you on yeah, the spot I, uh, I've been putting you on the spot for the last hour, so why not? <laughs> well, I, I'm a guest in your house, so I'm I'm yeah. a, I'm, I'm a bride. But, <laughs> but the fact that that you've you've evinced an interest in anything I've written, it's that's I'm in tall cotton right, right now. That's, that's very. Nice I appreciate it. But uh, <laughs> I'm a. I really don't want to have to write another book because <laughs> I'm, I'm not that creative. 
Uh, I had the breakfast with the dirt cult. That was basically my life. And um, so if anybody's interested in seeing me make a fool out of myself, they should read it. Um, but I, I, I just followed around my buddies with a, a pencil and a notepad. And I was just constantly writing down stuff they'd say. And um, so the dialogue is almost everything people said. And um, uh, so that was, it's really kind of raw. And I really don't want to go through that again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really creative to make up anything that isn't just horribly creative. Hold so on. Now I kind I of gonna... have to live through something and have it blow up in my face before I can write I'm it I'm definitely going to put you on the spot. Hold on. Let me, <laughs> I can, let me see if I can find it. All right. It's your passage on Jennifer Connolly. This is in your review of Top Gun. Okay, I'm just going to read this. The first time I saw Connolly was in Career Opportunities, watching her roller skate down the aisles of a Target and ride that mechanical toy horse was thrilling. You couldn't take your eyes off her. As she went on to other roles over the years, her beauty only ripened. Seeing her now, I couldn't help but notice the faint lines in her face from what has hopefully been a life filled with more laughter than worry. Betraying that that wild splendor of hers has begun to fade. And yet there is a kind of beauty in that as well. This is a grown woman, one who has loved, brought life into the world, shouldered burdens, and yet retains a sexy playfulness, humor, and grace. She took an obscure reference in a movie from 36 years ago and breathed something wonderful and feminine into it. For women like that, men would go to war because there is nothing like a dame. Man, that is just fantastic. That, I mean, that's, you know, that's not just writing about a, a movie and a character. But just that one paragraph, all that insight you have into people, into relationships. So my point is, you you owe it to you owe it to us to write another book, at least one more book. Seriously, I mean, just going through just going through your work, it, it's 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 amazing. And um, yeah, so please, what you know, whether you're going to write a book of uh, a book of nonfiction. Or you're thinking about a novel or something. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I I I know a book is a book is a pain, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it's just really it's just that it's just rare. It's just what you do. It's not just rare. It's what you do. It's just the thing that you're doing, and uh, we definitely need that. So please think about it. <laughs> that's that's very humbling, sir. I am. I'm just, I'm, I appreciate that. That Thank you. That's tall praise. Um, now I, I, so right I, now I, I'm just doing, go ahead. No, I th- I think that people are going to, I think that people are going to read your work the same way that I do. It's like, God, there's got to be more of this. This is just so good. I, I you know, I, I want more, uh, you know, different, you know, s- some of the different funny, funny lines you have and uh, some of the idiomatic expressions. What's the one you have here? I'm here to tell you those people are as wrong as two boys in a closet under a blanket with the lights off. I mean, I I heard that from a sergeant Air, from Sergeant Airborne in Airborne School. I I, I had to write that one down. You know, I, I I'm not, you don't have to make it all up. It's just like it's just, it's just what strikes you. You know the line about you know uh, jokes only happen to people who can tell them. You know, so I mean, it's the same thing. It's only people who can recognize that something is something is worth retelling. You know, something is worth retelling or worth stealing. So, oh man, it's just it's just fantastic. Well, I I appreciate that. Right now, uh, I'm I'm kind of experimenting with screenplays. I'm uh, oh I, great. I, I'm I'm trying to adapt Breakfast with the Dirt Cult, and I'm working with some oh, people great. who are trying to help me. Um, and and uh-huh. it's it's been that's been a whole another experience. 
Um, but uh, I'm kind of playing around with that. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. doing some uh, essays, you know, for uh, I am 1776. Uh, yeah. Mark Granz is really great at like <laughs> trying to like, you know, get me involved to like to participate because otherwise I'd probably just be lazy, you know, for my own yeah. devices. Um, but so uh, uh, I'm working with them. Um, Man's World, uh, there's, a, there's a guy named Raw, he's got the handle of Raw Egg Nationalist. Mm. And he's uh, he's got a publication called Man's World that he does. Uh, Interesting. He and uh, he asked me if I'd be interested in throwing in. So I did an interview with my buddy uh, that I mentioned, James Lafon, who's a, oh, a writer. From, and he uh, he's this really interesting guy who uh, he would he worked in supermarkets in Baltimore. And uh, mm. he 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 lived in the part of town where people hope they don't break down. Mm. And he basically lived in this, watched this place become a third world city. And meanwhile, yeah. while he would work. Uh, you know, during the day in, in supermarkets at night, he would, he would, he would box or he would train fighters. So he'd do, uh, oh, really? I swear he'd wow. do uh, m- duels with, with blunted machetes and knives <laughs> and stuff. And so he's this kind of like underground fight shaman coach guy. And wow. And he's just, he's fascinating. Um, and he's, he lives in this, in that world and it's really raw. And, and huh. he says a lot of stuff that's uncomfortable. Um, and he, he did a great interview with Kevin Michael Grace. And so, uh, I thought I'd just interview my buddy James and ask him some questions. And so, wow, uh, Flag Nationalist is going to put that in his. his have you in? have you been out to his place where he does this? Where he has these? Well, no, he's a he's a self proclaimed hobo now. Yeah, <laughs> he, wow. he, uh, he he was uh, I guess he's about in his late fifties now, and he was going wow. to work one day, and he was almost accosted by two different packs of guys who were trying to wow. to prey on him. And he realized that he's he's too old now, and he's he's too slow, and so he he couldn't he was going to need to leave. So he sold off, and he's just been kind of bouncing around the country. And um, but he's a fascinating character, and so I thought I, you know I should I, I should I should tell folks about. Him. So I'm gonna uh, I've got an interview with him that I'm I'm putting out with it. Or that sounds great. So well, that's just kind of that, around. Well, that's another point you make. I think it's in the Afghanistan piece where you say, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're going around the world trying to rescue all these different places and look at what's happened to a, a, a great American city like Baltimore. Yeah. Who is talking it's, about it's, rescuing these places? Huh? It's just, I don't know. I, I, there's, there's that thrill of the other. And it just, we're, we'll go out and solve all these problems over there. But like, what about here? And, you know, it, right. it's great to want to do something about Ukraine and the problems there, but we don't understand their problems, um, right? And, and and we we have our own, and, and we're not tending to them. And, and and people are falling through the cracks, and they're not their their interests aren't being addressed. And and if they do, they're they're being castigated as villains in their own countries. And that's just right. that's not good leadership. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do. I, I, I really think a, a large part of the future of this country will depend on how we how we can um, direct in a positive way the 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 the, the energies of of young men who, whose ambition and whose, you know, whose piss and vinegar is is a good thing mm-hmm. um, as long as it's channeled uh, channeled in the right way. You know? Not not to abuse it, not to take advantage of it, not 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 to dis, not to destroy people, and um, yeah, man. I mean, the, the, your work, the way you express this, the way you express the disappointments, but the way you also express express the hope. And this is one of the things that so much appealed to me about the Top Gun article, is yeah, just that you you know when you say it's it's 
it could be again a great uh, or it is still a great country in many different ways but to see that optimism and to not be you know to not be poisoned because they are i mean it's a it's a campaign of demoralization they are trying to get us to give up in every possible way yeah and it's 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 so easy to i mean i've gone through that myself kind of and you start going down the rabbit hole you get the sense of what's wrong and and you start asking well what exactly is wrong and why and and who are the people responsible and and that that's that 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 hole goes all the way down and because suffering is a part of life and it's always changing and and it 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 made me to where i would fly off the handle and my brother one time got you know, my younger brother's, he's 10 years younger than I am. One time he just, he bows up on me, which he's a gentle soul. And this was a rare for me. He said, it's like, you don't want to be happy anymore. Huh. And, and that was kind of a, a humble, a teaching moment for me. And so huh. uh, you, you realize that, and you see a lot of this online, um, you, where it's yeah. like, people don't feel like they're really thinking or feeling unless it's negative, unless right. it's going to a dark place. And, and that, that will completely warp your vision and make you blind to, to the possibilities or, or to the blessings in front of you or, or what could be. Um, and, and things will get bad. Um, and yeah. they'll, they'll be bad in ways we can't imagine. Like uh, yeah. one of the, uh, one of my, uh, mortar, one of the mortar sergeants in our, our platoon said, if we start taking rounds and you can hear them, don't worry. It's the ones you don't hear that get you. Mm. And, and yeah. having been shot, <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, the, the bad stuff that's going to happen, we, we won't see that coming. And that'll right. be a surprise, but there'll be blessings too. Um, and and we, you know, it's it's good to try to focus on the practicalities of things, but we have to make a place for for faith, for hope, and love. And, right. and otherwise, we'll just make a, a new prison for ourselves. Um, so I, I think there's there's all sorts of reasons for for hope and positivity. It's just we're going to require a lot of work and imagination. But we'll get there. yeah. No, imagination, that's a very good way to put it. I think it's a very good way to put it because we all ask ourselves, well, how is this going to change? What do, what do we have to do? It's like uh, part of it's keeping at it and then seeing different opportunities as they open up, you yeah. know, d- different ways to take advantage of different situations. What was it somebody said? Uh, was it uh, forge the tip of the spear and the rest of it will show up on its own? Or something <laughs> like that. I think you get enough people trying to figure something out yeah. and eventually somebody will. And, yeah, yeah. and there'll be more people who follow, and that's right. you slowly change things. Right. Well, I mean, in the meantime, it's going to require a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we talk to people all the time, though. I'm sure you do too, where you are, or you know, you're speaking on the phone with friends or email or something. You know, there are people all over who are fed up. And um, but, but what? It's not like uh, it's not like anyone's willing to th- anyone's about to throw in the towel and go. Oh, well, what, what are you going to do? Yeah. The, the the globalist one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Any, I don't. I don't really. I, you know, you see a lot of despair on social media, but do those people really? Do those people really believe it? Do they really live it? Certainly, they don't raise their children like that. They don't court. You know, they don't court women like that. Eh, there's nothing we can yeah. do about it. Time to time to give up for the globalists. I guess they won this round. Uh, who knows if we'll ever get another shot? Yeah. Well, you 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 see things going around. Francis Fukuyama's end of history or whatever, but. Right. It's kind of put a bright spin on things. Like we get to live in an era where history starts happening again. Yeah. Which, which come to find out is really scary. Um, <laughs> right. But, no, it is. But on the other hand, we get to see new worlds get born. Right. Um, and they'll be bloody and they'll be ugly. And that's just how birth is. But um, uh-huh. but you never know what, what this is. They're going to be on the other side of this thing. Right. 
Right. And oh no, I, I think it's really meaningful. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, not to make light of it because it's a serious thing, and you're right, and ugly, and it'll get uglier. But it's a meaning. It's a it's a meaningful time. Nope. Hello. Hello. Okay. I'm oh, still yeah. Here. I thought I might have lost again. Well, look, we should we should probably I should let you go. I, I said an hour, but I wanted to run a little longer since we had our technical difficulties. But um, Sam Finley, I, I wanted to say uh, thank you so much for spending uh, for spending part of your Saturday with us, and especially this uh, awesome Independence Day weekend. So I want to wish wish you a happy Independence Day, and everyone who's listening, I want to wish them a uh, happy Independence Day and 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 celebrate it. In a in a meaningful way, why not read the I don't know the Declaration of Independence or uh, or Walt Whitman uh, or or William Faulkner, whatever is going to make you feel most proud uh, and blessed to be an American, and um, or Sam Finley. I'm telling you, yeah, you, you please, all of you who are listening, go out if you haven't read all of Sam's work, please go out and do it. It's 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 terrific. It's really great. I can't tell you how how pleased uh, Sam. It was a pleasure to speak to you, but I can't. I, I mean, just to get a, ch- a chance to uh, learn of the work of a, a new writer that I respect and admire. It's like finding it. It's it really is. It's like finding a new world. So thank you for that. Not just for being here. Thank you for your work. We're gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam, thanks very much again. Have a great July Fourth, a great Independence Day, and we'll be talking soon. All right. It's a great honor to be with you and happy fourth to you as well. Thank you, Sam. Bye-bye. See you. Take care. And thank you all. See you all next week uh, for the Lee Smith Show, Saturday at 4 p.m. Bye.